Hey everyone, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality, health, and lifestyle podcast. Today I have Patsy Balaki with me. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here with you, Lauren. Very happy to meet you and have you on the show. So today we are going to be talking about all things feng shui, uh, design, both like corporate, in your home space, things that, you know, energy. It's going to be a really exciting episode because I've always been interested in feng shui, but I just don't know a ton about it. So we're going to dive into that. But um, Patsy has, um, is it, now I'm already second guessing myself, Zen, Zenat, say it again for me. Zenatica. Zenatica. That's right. Okay. Zenatica is her company. She's the founder. She's a creative director and of course, feng shui expert. So we're going to talk about Zenatica, what she does, how she founded it. And um, I would love if you could just share a little bit about your background, how you found yourself into this area of work. And then also if you want to incorporate any spiritual, you know, aspect, of course, that'd be great too. Excellent. Love that. Well, happy to be here. I'm happy to introduce myself to you and talk about all things that correlate to harmony. For me, that's something that I've been passionate about. Like, what is it to live in harmony? How do we create harmony in our lives? Day by day, day by day. And for me, the most profound way to that I actually came about this notion of living in harmony it's what it's something that i would say my passion is for what i like to provide to not only to my clients but of course my family my friends and everybody that's in my circles it's learning to put yourself first center prioritizing yourself your health is your wealth it's something that i've preach all the time. It's the way that I came about learning about feng shui and energy balancing modalities. It's how to really harmonize my energy, my health, in order for me to have a better quality of life. Because as we know, nothing is really perfect. I had to live with a hepatitis C virus for over 26 years. And over all that time, um, I was seeking at the very beginning First, you know, you go through the whole turmoil of how I acquired or got this disease or, you know, I basically, it was a very tumultuous time of my life. I was a very young uh, person. I was in my, I was 19. I got pregnant very young. And unfortunately, I had a very difficult pregnancy. I developed what we call toxemia or cholestasis of pregnancy and what happens is that the bile is not able to get rid of the toxins in the system so i was building toxins in my body it's something that is genetic because my grandmother had it my mother had it i had it too and if it's not taking uh, if you're not paying attention to the signals i didn't really take care of myself so young i kind of disregarded that so to the point where I actually had to go into the ER and luckily my son was born very healthy prematurely, but I actually lost a lot of blood through that. And my mom had to sign some papers and to save my life, um, I had to get some blood 
in my system. And that's how I contracted hepatitis C. Okay. And I was in a coma. From what I remember, I was in the hospital for a few weeks. Didn't get to see my baby for a while. And I didn't know what was happening to me. All I remember is that I just felt so out of sorts and lost and everything. Combined with other personal um, things, situations that were happening at the time, right? My father was upset that I got pregnant so young. He had hopes for me to become an architect and do all these fun things and uh, with my life. And I had a promising future in his mindset. But this happened, lo and behold. And it took me a few years for me to really understand what was happening to me like what is this disease what what it because at the time it was considered just as terrible as you would see somebody with hiv right it was considered like aids and it's you know something bloodborne and disease and it's dirty and it's contagious you know just that word was like okay what's going to happen from here and of course i went through the medical treatments and all that didn't really work for me everything was just really, really horrible side effects with that. And I decided to look another way. I started looking into more of the spiritual aspect of well-being. It led me to understand how to cope with something that is outside of you. And to see this disease as something that I somehow attracted, spiritually speaking, as what we will call now a soul contract and for me what made a difference about it i didn't i what got me from feeling ashamed or dirty or less than or worthy of being punished by you know by god how other people were perceiving that (laughs) i deserved it i was a bad girl i was having sex before you know marriage Mm -hmm. things like that and I basically made friends with the virus Hmm. and seeing, seeing it from the place where, okay, if I contracted this, what, what is the lesson with this? What, what am I going to do in order for me to continue living? Because I, I was happy living my life in other ways as well, but nothing was ever, I was never really feeling balanced or really feeling wholesome feeling a sense of belonging or knowing that i was really on the right track of my life and fixing things here and there i always had an affinity for fixing things putting being organized in my space always wanting to bring safety balance and harmony unconsciously speaking into my space in order for me to feel better. But what was happening is that I wasn't really looking within to feel better. I was sort of positioning myself into, but diving into what it is to really feel in harmony with your life and in balance with your life. That was a very hard lesson for me to go through. So to go back 26 years later, my feng shui teacher and mentor, she's the one that kept planting the seeds. So what do you think about, what do you think about, you know, taking a look at your hep C? Oh, I'm okay with it. I can live with this. Look, I was able to have another baby. 
you know, very healthy while still having, you know, the virus and I'm a vegetarian, I'm this, I'm that, like, look at me, I'm doing all these things. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, never mind, do this. But it got to a point where, right, I would say in 2015, when she's like, you know, there's a new drug that you can want to probably take a look at it. It's called Herboni. And I'm hearing a lot of really good results about that. She's a psychotherapist also. And I said, I heard about this drug. My gastroenterologist in Miami told me about it, but I didn't really want to go into that case study because it was a fairly new drug. And I've had a very, um, I would say, bad experiences with previous drugs that I wasn't really going into it. I was like, well, take a look and research it. I researched it a lot, a few months, and then... I found another gastroenterologist in Houston who also said, well, listen, you are probably one of the best candidates for this drug because your health is really great. Like if you didn't have these markers, your hepatic um, enzymes being elevated, you'll be fine. You're, you're very healthy. So your treatment will be very short and less than three months probably. And we did it. I said, well, if it's just three months and if it's a pill and this and that, I said, okay, I'll do it. I did it back in 2016. I eradicated the virus. Everything was fine and dandy, but nobody told me about the side effects mm. and nobody told me about my kind of side effects. This is what really got me into paying attention to harmonizing and really looking at your emotional body, really paying attention to your emotions and your spirituality, like how connected are you with your divine source or with your higher selves? Because I had neglected, I didn't want to go back to that timeline because it was so hurtful for me, you know, having to contract that disease, being completely depressed. My father disowned me at the time, my son's, father also walked away and so you could imagine all these different traumatic emotional experiences that i had i really didn't want to go back to that so what happened when i eradicated the virus everything was here i felt everything i would say all the myself just revitalizing and with that comes the sense of like okay What's happening here? Why do I feel so isolated? Where did that go? Where am I going with this? Because it was so fresh and it was so raw that if it weren't for my feng shui mentor and if it weren't for my Kriya yoga teacher, I don't know what would have happened with me during almost a two-year sabbatical, a spiritual sabbatical that I took. In order for me to really heal the emotional body, my spiritual sense of like, okay, I'm back. And what am I going to do with this energy now? What am I going to do with myself? Because it just felt so foreign mm. to me to not live with a virus. Like, how do you do that? Like, you don't have that weight on your shoulders anymore. You kind of like learning how to breathe again. There was a period in my time of, of this um, side effect treatment that I couldn't even pick up a pen. Lauren, it was, I had like arthritis mm. for weeks. I slept for weeks. My, you know, there, I couldn't even walk for days. I had this weird 
uh, tumor, so to speak, like just on my skin. And it was just like wild, everything that was happening for me, but no headaches. I could eat. Mm -hmm. I was fine other ways, but this is what really led me to sink back in to what is important to me. What is it that I want to do with my life? I love to create. Um, I love doing graphic design, brand identity. But the fact of the feng shui aspect is something that I've been practicing for over 20 years, mostly for myself. But it got to the point where I needed to say, you know, the, the only way that you can really get through a very tumultuous or health transition in your life, if every part of your life is supported but the way that you get to support this is one asking for help two putting yourself in the center of your circle and say i am here like you really have to own your divinity incarnated on earth if you truly have the desire to live and thrive and and love for yourself that's the thing how much did i love myself i learned to love myself during those two years of you know dealing with this um pepsi thing that really got me in touch with like who am i what am i doing here Mm -hmm. because it got to a point where it was completely blank Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know the love that i have for myself at least honoring that i'm a part of a bigger scheme in life that I have the potential to bring goodness and harmony into people's lives, especially my family. Mm-hmm. It's probably the greatest thing that we can do right now, because as I'm taking care of myself, taking care, being responsible for myself, my actions, that creates that ripple effect mm-hmm. through, you know, if you have your children, if you have spouse, if you have your siblings, your family, then it goes into your networking circles, into whatever it is that you're involved in. It's going in through the waves of, you know, anything that you are in contact with. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was the biggest lesson, Lauren, that I got to experience that I'm bigger than this. And that was the most humbling lesson and blessing that I felt through the eradication of the hep C virus Mm. because it's something outside of me. But then again, I had to deal with that. And it really helped to put myself in that position after having experienced COVID for over two years with clients and friends, like really observing how people are reacting and responding Mm. to this experience. Something that is outside of yourself but you have to live with it. Mm-hmm. That was very profound. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. My goodness, you've been through a lot. <laughs> um, but I'm happy that, that you were able to heal and uh, not only physically, but you know, emotionally and spiritually, which I obviously talk about that all the time on the show. It's very intertwined you know, the energies and, and the lessons. And sometimes we attract things in actually, or it's things, you know, that needed to, to happen for us to grow. Um, there's a lot of deeper meanings, but I'm really happy to hear that you healed and you were able to 
find ways to help yourself and others through it, which is so amazing. So. And telling the story, honestly, I think that also helps and encourages others to look yeah. for different ways that they can actually find perhaps not the healing answer, but a way to cope with it, mm-hmm. to to live with it, yeah. to improve the quality of your life. So to me, I was able to at least take care of my home yeah. and make this place a sanctuary for healing and repose mm-hmm. and connect with myself. And that's something that I feel is very important in the work. And the way that I also learned feng shui was feng shui for health, mainly, primarily on how to position yourself and everything around you in your environment, because everything has an impact mm-hmm. and everything has to pass through your chakras in order for you to experience life. Yeah. So if your chakras are not in alignment or not in harmony or balance or nurtured in a positive way, you are susceptible to, you know, for disease or for discomfort or attracting certain things in your environment, because that's what you're vibing to. Mm-hmm. So you bring it in. That's true. And this is the way that we work because there's a, the underpinnings of disease. Mm-hmm. If we don't look at the emotional level or emotional body, I would say the spiritual body, what happens? The body breaks. Mm-hmm. And this is where we pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, something, you know, like, oh, okay, now I got to take care of this. Like it's forcing you to look at it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is the, the, you know, our body is our temple. And I would say, listen to it. Pay attention to what's happening with you. Yeah. You know, if you if your heart, physical heart is hurting, go to the doctor, see what's going on, speak it out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that happen with, with us humans. We don't tend to want to bother other people with our worries and troubles. That's a, something that keeps coming up where people mm. feel like, well, no, I can take care of myself. Or, you know, women primarily, they're very independent. They're very strong. They have to take care of their homes, work, and everything else for generations and generations. So we're sort of programmed to do for others before we take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's time to change that yeah. programming. It doesn't really work that well, way. What I always say not good if you suppress it. That's not yeah. healthy. Change begins with you. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wow. Okay. So then how did you kind of, after you were healing and working on yourself in your home, then how did you kind of start the company and helping other people and, and helping other people find balance, right? Because a lot of people just think like, whatever, interior decorating or fun, it's just feng shui. It's just looks cool, but like, that's it. But I mean, there's so much more balance, harmony, energy. So like, talk to us kind of about that and, and maybe even explain a little bit about feng shui. We've all heard of it, right? But I don't know if people truly understand what it means to use that, you know, yes. model. Yeah. Basically, you think of feng shui as being a tool for you to feel supported guarded and protected. Mm. Feng Shui is basically a design system from many eons ago where people look for a most auspicious, auspicious or beneficial plot of land that could be nurturing and abundant for the population or for the landowner. Mm. 
and also for people who were building their tombs, especially in China, you have to have the proper place where the sun is hitting a certain way, where the, there's water flowing, there's a mountain in your back that protects from the winds. So everything had a purpose of how to place the tomb or the house or the temple and you know the, the palace for now. And this is where it started coming from. But ideally and basically, the essential aspect is feeling protected from the elements, security. And the, so when we t talk about that and bring it into your space, right now it's becoming more about how are you receiving those impacts? How are you welcoming that energy from the universe into your environment, into your living space, whether it's your home, whether it's your business place, whether it's your bedroom, it's something, how is it that you are harmonizing with those energies? And if there is a particular chi or the flow of energy that comes in and, and there is an impact or there is a blockage, it can also inter, it can also take away from your own energy. So basically depleting it. So what we do with feng shui is not only utilizing the tool in order to move certain furnitures in order for that to flow into that. The way that I'm working with feng shui, the way that I learn it, it's through seeing how we are, our body, ourselves, energized, in harmony, or healthy. And what is it, those areas in our lives, in our bodies, that, are, that need some extra tender loving care? So for example, if you're dealing with some kind of health issue, we'll take a look at where the organ, you know, let's say it's the stomach. So what, where does that, how does that correlate in your space? Mm -hmm. So stomach is usually the solar plexus. Mm -hmm. And with the solar plexus, we position that into the, what we call the path of life, of life journey. And so how confident are you are, uh, you are with receiving that mm -hmm. in your career path or your journey of life? Yeah, are you, you know, feeling out of sorts or disconnected with that? Nowadays, now that we're getting into the more ascension era, right, getting into the 5D plus three-dimensional ways of living, we're looking at the heart center being our foundation center. If this heart center is out of balance, our spirit self is going to feel disconnected from the earth. So anything that you are visualizing, any idea that you would like to fulfill, if this heart center is not in harmony or out of sorts, or you just don't have the trust in yourself to do it, it's going to be very difficult to manifest that because your lower chakras are disconnected with that. Mm -hmm. So we take a look at how that works. So function can also be thought of as acupuncture for the home, mm -hmm. but it's really yeah. acupuncture for yourself. And this is how I work with my clients. This is the way that I have been practicing it for myself. I did a lot of work with my solar plexus area, you know, myself, because that's basically the liver. Mm -hmm. That's the bile. That's all that stuff. And really, I wasn't really confident in my life. Like, how am I going to continue living like this every now and then? I mm -hmm. felt sort of 
uh, a bit unconfident mm-hmm. with that. And of course, a lot of heart work, mm-hmm. feeling like I can trust myself again, feeling supported again mm-hmm. for myself, asking for help. You know, that was very important to do. Yeah. And a little bit of how Zanatica came about. This is a really fun story. I thought of Zanatica back in 2006. And I, and I, it, the word just came to me. It was one of those things like, oh, I love this sense of zen and exotic flair, kind of like your backdrop right now, Lauren. It, that to <laughs> me is Zanatica. And it was, okay, zen, zanatic, zen. It was Zanatica. That's it. And it just like instantaneous, it was just like an immediate thing. And I started doing calligraphy, long hand and all these, all this and that. And I put it in the circle because to me just felt like you needed that. And I'm very passionate about Japanese culture. So there's something entwined with that. But the color at the time was red and it was a blood red. It was like a very intense red, kind of dark. And little by little, I started seeing how this, my psyche was working to this. And that's blood, first mm-hmm. of all. And what does that correlate? Yeah. The color red, this root chakra, mm-hmm. your foundation center, your survival center. So to me, that was very specific to my brand mm-hmm. because it's something that I needed to work on at a different level. But this is where I was at that time. And one of the things for me, why I'm so passionate about brand identity is because it's something that I needed to to find out for myself. What is my identity? Because I struggle with that a lot, having to live with that virus for 26 years. It's like, it's it, it just felt like, okay, I and I, honestly, I can tell you this. I had a past life regression where I met the person who, whose blood this was. Oh, wow. And it was an American soldier. Wow. Yeah. And I felt a lot of his, uh, he was very lonely and very depressed. So you can imagine what happens when people, you know, have blood transfusions. You're making a contract mm-hmm. with something. It carries some kind of DNA, you know, spiritual. It's just very, mm-hmm. uh, if you see it that way, it's, it's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Would I do that again? No. Would I have a blood transfusion again? I would not do that. Yeah. Wow. Because it's a huge deal. Yeah. <laughs> you get more than, yes, it can save your life, but at the same time, you're also contracting something else. Yeah. It's a soul contract. Mm-hmm. Somebody else's like DNA is going into your body. Yeah. Wow. That is- and then later on, later on, the Sonata is. People seem to like it. I really wanted to build a platform where I will invite other artists to come in and basically showcase their art, jewelry, whatever they made handmade. And I let it go because I got pregnant. Mm. (laughs) I wasn't thinking about it, but it just happened. So I had to put all my time and energy into, into myself and my health and taking care of my pregnancy. And it kind of went dormant. But then after going through this whole process of regaining my health, it is part that idea of Zonatica again. It was like, okay, I really like the name. Let's see what I can do. And I decided to infuse feng shui with design. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's coming together because it's something a bit 
out there. A lot of people are not really blending feng shui with design. You mm-hmm. see it a lot with architecture and real estate, but not necessarily in branding. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do with that is looking at the individual, the brand owner, and where they are in their lives and what is it that they want to fulfill? Mm-hmm. How they, how, What is it that they want to accomplish with that brand? with that vision that they have and where to take it to the next level. So I incorporate sacred geometry or just a plain basic geometry, which is very, it's fundamental to the work. Mm. Every shape has a corresponds to a particular element. Mm. So why is it that we're gravitating to that element? And of course, color theory, mm-hmm. typography, and everything is intentional with that type of work that I do. Mm. And then of course provide a nice harmonious place in their offices. Most of the time right now, people are working from their homes. So I get to harmonize their spaces and see how they can be feel, feel better and be in command mm. of their lives. That's really neat. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's so much. Okay. So I was going to ask you before I forget. So just, can you give like an example? So if you're working, so it sounds like you're pretty specific there are probably like some, I mean, I know there are like the basic principles of feng shui. Like for instance, let me know if this is still accurate, but I remember hearing this years ago, one like rule, whatever, of feng shui, like in your bedroom, your bed should be able to see the doorway. Is that still a thing? Yes. Because you know, so, you don't want to be. So what it, yeah, what it, the way see. that you want to see it, yes, the way that you want to see it, a lot of people work with coordinates, right? Mm-hmm. North, south, it has to face south or north. No. The way that we do it is how you're in command of your life. Mm-hmm. So making sure that your bed or your desk or your stove, because everything signifies something, mm-hmm. your bed is health. Mm-hmm. So you want to be in command of your health. So having the bed position in a way that is, you know, you can see your door. Like it kind of keeps it open, right? Yes. Not directly in front of it because that's a lot of energy coming to you, but on the side, in a way that you are, do you, you can see the, the door. Yeah. When it comes to your desk, it's basically where you're your career life. Yeah. So you have to be in in a good position for that. Right. Making sure that you have a wall behind you to Mm. support you. That's your mountain. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? And you have, you have a clear view of your door, whoever's coming in. Sure. That makes sense. To be aware, to be aware. And the stove, of course, that's, that's the money part. Mm-hmm. So are you in command of your, of your finances? Mm-hmm. So if you're most of the time you can see 50, 50, depending on the structure or design of this kitchen, a lot of the stoves are positioned where the back is facing yeah. the front door. Mm-hmm. But there are adjustments for that. We work a lot with light. We work a lot with, well, basically light. We want to augment those areas that need more energy. Mm. Let's just put it that way. And for areas that you want them to be calm and just not having any interruptions, like your bedroom, would say, you know, you need to make this place a little more yin, a little more calmer. Mm -hmm. So definitely taking away TVs, Mm -hmm. taking away you know, sleeping with, you know, Wi-Fi turn off, certain things like that, and making sure that, you know, if you have a mirror in your bedroom, is it facing the bed? Because 
that's augmenting energy. So you want to kind of calm this down. So it is good, right? To have the mirror? It's not good oh, no. facing the bed. Because okay, I have it's a mirror good. on my wall where we sleep this way. Oh, no. Okay. Is it facing the bed? Yeah. So like I'm laying like this, the door is here, and then the mirror's on the wall. So it is directly in front of us. So you're saying that's not good? How are you sleeping? Not good. <laughs> I was going to ask uh, you about that, actually. <laughs> I will highly recommend you replace it. You move it somewhere else. Okay. Too much energy bouncing back. You do a lot of spiritual work from what I'm gathering. So think about the bed as your place where you're connected with your higher self when, on, during dream time. Okay. So your body really needs to be in a place where it can really receive that energy. So you feel invigorated the next day, mm. not depleted. Okay. So that's what I was wondering about that mirror. I had a feeling about that. Okay, this is good. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to move the mirror. And anyone else that's listening, these are learning lessons, right? But okay, so my, yeah, that the question was kind of, my point was that I, there are like basic kind of rules for anyone, but then it sounds like you tailor with your clients to work also individually what they would need. So could you give an example? Like if you had solar, like you were saying, your solar plexus is out of whack, what would be something where you would make a change or, or do something to support that in a home? On an individual basis, we ask questions. What is it that this person is feeling inadequate? What is it, What are the steps that they're doing that they feel that they're not fulfilling in their lives? And when it comes to the actual organ, right, especially being in the stomach, are you sleeping well? Are you eating properly? I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a whole food plant-based person. So for me, it's all about plants. So what is it that you are digesting that is taking away from that is actually overworking those organs, mm -hmm. right? Because we sometimes people eat because they're missing something out, yeah. right? We have, we have so many different kinds of addictions to distract us from what we really need to take care of. Yeah. Shopaholics, food, sex, alcohol, TV, scrolling on social media. Yep. So that's one thing that I would say when it comes to the solar plexus, what is it that they want to create and what, what, what's the feeling that they have that they are not able to, and it's usually that confidence level. Mm -hmm. And it's the time where I would say, listen, we need to write that out. We need to see what's happening here. What's going on with that mm -hmm. and how they're positioning themselves in their environment there are areas that we need to replenish the ones that are being depleted. How do we work in that particular sector of their life? For example, how is their heart center? What are they doing? Are they paying attention to themselves? Are they doing a lot of self-care? Like I said, you know, right now, this, the heart center is the survival center. It's the new foundation center. So we take a look, I have to pay attention. We have to pay attention to the heart, our emotions, mm -hmm. our spiritual bodies. Wow. Yeah, so it's a little deeper than that. Yeah, I like the more individual, because that's true. I mean, we can all benefit, like you were saying, from like things like maybe the mirror or the door positioning, but then we all have our own things going on. So that's kind of cool to tailor it to specific, you know. But for specific, something that's more standard, I would say essential or basic to principles of feng shui and living in harmony, 
we pay attention to the front door. Mm-hmm. How are we welcoming life mm. that's being confident? Are you opening your door like, oh, wow, I'm welcome to receive this beautiful sunshine. Or if it's raining, oh, this is really replenishing, you know, the garden. And it's just really invigorating the earth. Like, how are you inviting the daylight, the nature, the mm-hmm. energy mm-hmm. into your space? So we take a look at the front door. Okay. Is your... You know, how are your rugs? How are your carpets there? Are they clean? Are they not? Is your door squeaky? If if you have windows around your door, are they clean? Mm. And do you have flowers out there? Can people see the name of your property, your house number or your office number? If not, pay attention to it, paint it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Things like that. How do you welcome Mm. those opportunities in life? That's, that's what a we big, yeah. That's the like opening to your to your space. Yes, that makes sense. I do need to clean my rug. <laughs> <laughs> I usually like to change it at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to invite a new new energy. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh wow, I really love that. Um, I had written down and mentioned to you. I'd love to talk about um, biophilic design. What does yes. that mean? Well, interesting you say that because I come across it not too long ago either. And one thing that for me, as I studied architecture way back then, is something that I always wanted to do. And for me, sustainability and working with eco-friendly products or manufactured products was something that I always were very passionate about. And I came across biophilia through one of my feng shui colleagues, or I would say contemporaries, who also studied with with my feng shui um, teacher. And she started talking about biophilia and biophilic design. And what I really enjoyed about her is how she incorporated the feng shui aspect with the elements. And it's basically how, how do we humans bring in nature into a constructed environment and how to live in harmony with that. Because as you know, we have been building and overbuilding and taking away from natural resources in order to accommodate more of our life. Mm -hmm. And really, like I see this in Houston a lot, every, every other way that you're looking, there's a new development, you know, residential development being built like wow not enough (laughs) because it's it's a lot of houses Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm saying it's like because we are confined to constructed environments even in school a lot of the children don't even have um, time to actually be outdoors during their break Mm -hmm. everybody is indoors and you know those are long periods of time that you are indoors and then what happens you get picked up in a car or in a bus to go home into another closed environment. So what happens? We're being disconnected with nature more and more and more and more. And now with our beautiful technology, also it's another big distractor. I too, you know, if I get into it, I'm there for not five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, but 10 minutes keep adding and adding and adding. So what happens with this feeling disconnected with nature? Biophilic design is basically bringing nature back into your environment mm. and working with the elements the way that I'm, I studied it is how to harmonize an environment, not only to invigorate or energize, let's say, 
uh, working space. A lot of big people, not a lot of a lot of people there. But then you also have to think about the other type of industries like hospitality and healthcare, or uh, let's say, yeah, let's say it's something like healthcare, for example, hospital for to to be more specific. Are you going to bring more of the fire element in there? You know, busy with bright colors and um, a lot of activity. No, because there's a lot of activity going on there already. So what you want to bring in more is the water element. You want it to be a place for healing, soothing, comfort, and of course, feeling calm because there's a lot going on in that space. So it's basically how to work with the elements, how to incorporate them into more, uh, I would say, commercial establishments, of course, residential as well, but how to work with that in order to harmonize with nature Mm. in an interior environment, Mm. as well as a constructed environment. Let's call it a constructed environment because we're also looking at parks and there's a lot of... um, people already doing this is probably from the 80s but it's becoming a little more mainstream now because of people being more aware and caring for the betterment of our planet working with more sustainable products Mm -hmm. and people really uh, looking into ways of how to harmonize this you know our lives better because nature is very important your wallpaper again is is how you're bringing nature back into your space mm-hmm. even because just the visual you know the visual yeah. and those are just reminders mm-hmm. but it's really working with those elements that the actual wood or actual rock actual right. metal mm-hmm. yeah you know you will probably have i would say how do we how do we up level that uh, experience from wallpaper to having a real potted plant on your desk right or right. like, uh, you know, the or living, mm-hmm. the living walls are really cool. I actually have a friend that yes. is an interior designer, and she got this really cool project in Seattle. It's actually outdoor, but it was a whole building side of the building outside in Seattle, all planted plants. Super cool, right? So, diaspora affiliate, yeah, and to have some of that in your house too, be kind of. I mean, I have like my fireplaces filled with pots of plants. I saw it on Great. Etsy and I thought it was super cool. But yeah, bringing plants into your home is a good energy. And then I was thinking when you were talking about hospitals, think how cool it would be. Because I mean, I realize they have to be sterile places, but they just sure are not <clears throat> aesthetically pleasing, right? How cool would it be to have like a, a small little, like um, you can even buy them, right? But the little fountains with the little running water, just that in itself yeah. would be so calming, right? In that environment. So, so we're inviting more curve, yeah, curvatures. Just kind of like calmness or, or, yeah. or colors that are, that are a lot more that are lighter yeah when you think of the lilacs or the nice greens something that invites Calming. nature back in yeah that's really cool that's but amazing. that's an intuitive thing that you said right now how you actually put plants around your fireplace because that's harmonizing the fire Mm. I never use it for fire honestly so that's why yeah. I did it you wouldn't want to put more candles on the fireplace that's for sure okay that's fire and fire that's a lot of oh fire. that's funny because in my downstairs fireplace it's filled with the big pillar candles because that was like a popular trend but you're saying that's too much yeah, that's too much interesting you need to bring in more more plants in there let me put plants on each side to balance it 
Yes. Okay. There you go. See, this makes a lot of sense when you start thinking about it. Now people are going to be looking around like, hmm. But don't don't put water plants, right? Like plants that are, let's say, a bamboo plant or something that you have okay. water in there because okay. water and fire water kills fire. Yeah. So you got to so have you, okay. the, the earth. It's a nice mediator. OK. Wow. It controls fire. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Again, all about balance. It's all about balance. It's all about harmony. And it's really interesting how we think about it. and same thing with um china i would say asian asian medicine they pay a lot of attention with the elements yeah. and your body temperature mm. so i did it i got me to understanding more about my body when i was doing herbal medicine and it's because at the time the liver was on fire mm. it was you know taking in a lot of taking the hit basically yeah. So I needed to eat more soothing foods in order for that. But I had to actually dive deeper into that with Ayurvedic because I'm allergic to nightshade plants, Mm -hmm. which means tomatoes, cucumbers. Although cucumber is a cooling plant, it wasn't really good for me. So you really kind of have to understand and really do the research for yourself. And your body will tell you if it's good for you. Yeah, that's true. This is great. Yeah, I didn't expect the conversation to go so much into like internal, but I'm glad it did. I love how it's all connected. And I really believe each of us has so much going on, you know, individually. Um, And that's, you know, you could support yourself by the way that you're living in your workspace or your home. And I agree with you so much, like you said, about we're not outside enough. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. That's a common theme coming up. We're just, and I am guilty of it too. And it's something I'm trying to work on with a young kid and working at home. I'm inside so much. I'm excited for the weather to start changing here because I just crave it. And we're not outside enough. Um, But at least like you said, there are ways, right? Having a lot of light in your home that helps. Um, So there are ways to kind of like biohack, if you will. Um, but what a good reminder of just everything has to be balanced. And I think most people think about it within like ourselves, our diet. But of course, when you're in this space spending so much time, it's helpful to have that balanced as well, right? Yeah. And what is interesting too, once people are start being curious about, okay, how am I going to balance my life better? And they start looking at their environment and decluttering is a really wonderful way to to get yourself feeling more mm-hmm. calm and just really taking away a lot of that emotional weight. Yeah. <laughs> Your clients have said, you know, I lost about three or four pounds yeah. after I declutter my house because it's emotional stress. It is. And people hold on to stuff like even like yeah. hoarding. That's a whole nother. That's another level. But I mean, yes, the same that's... thing of like, you're obviously holding on to stuff for a reason. It's deeper than the stuff. Right. So yeah, I obviously that um, Marie Kondo got so popular yeah. a few years ago, but I love, I've done that now a few times where when I'm donating something, like I'll be like, thank you. And I really do, you know, I appreciate it, but then it's time to let it go. Like I love yes. that exchange of energy. Yeah, because it's coming back to you. Yeah, and then you can give Gratitude. it to somebody else. And then, yeah. yeah, I love that. I like how, that's how energy works. It just mm-hmm. keeps coming and it's fluid. It's that infinity. And like you thing, said, you made you friends know? with your virus almost. It's like, I think that's a huge thing, no matter what it is, a piece of clothing you're going to give away. You have something going on, whether it's a feeling or a disease, acknowledging it 
Acknowledging and it. And then sitting with it, feeling it. And then when you're ready to work, ready to let it go. So. It's bringing presence into it. So that's one thing. We're living in an era of no more secrets. Yeah. And, you know, those, those, those things are you holding on inside that are causing you pain and discomfort. It's time to let that out. It's time to make amends with it. Yeah. And go through the process of healing and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect change and for somebody else to forgive something, even if you were the one, the victim, let's just put it that way. It has to start with you. Mm-hmm. I had to, for myself, from experience, I'm sharing this with you. I had to forgive myself for feeling so lost yeah. and insecure and confident. But then I, Somehow, this spirit was guiding me, connecting the dots to where I need to be. And thank goodness for feng shui, for me at least, because it's something that I was very passionate about for pretty much all my life. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what feng shui was. I, you know, I came from El Salvador, and but I spent a lot of time in nature and in building my own cities and the backyard, working with Lego. Like for me, the sense of bringing balance into things that I could control, mm-hmm. right? My, my playful area, I can control that. My bedroom, I can control that. Right. So I, I, those were my training lessons, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then once we came to the United States, I got into architecture. I really wanted to do that. And that's how I kind of started reading a little bit about feng shui, but more for interior design and architecture and aesthetics. Mm. And it's like, okay, it's nice. And then of course, living in Connecticut, we used to go to New York a lot and you got to see feng shui. Some, some things were a little too traditional for me. And then we went to places like the Trump towers and it's like, okay, this is how a modern person will use feng shui. I'm like, Oh, no wonder he's very, uh, successful you yeah. know at the time this is in the 80s okay it's a gold tower <laughs> he's literally attracting but, in what he wants right <laughs> yeah. yeah and i was like well, okay that's very interesting and we did this excursions in school just to kind of see things architecture and learn from it which i really loved but it was learning about feng shui for health that was my tipping point it was like this makes yeah, sense to me i do i like that correlation yeah, because it's all about balance in my life. There's something that I didn't have for so long yeah. to the point that when I did my numerology, this is so funny. My name, my life path number, everything. There's one number missing. Imagine this. This is the karma. <laughs> number four. What does four represent? Balance. Mm, yeah. And it's missing. And guess what happened? I married a man who is a four. Perfect. (laughs) You got your four in your life. (laughs) I've got my balance in my life. I've got the structure in my life. That's cool. Isn't that amazing? That's the kind of stuff I love. Just it's like, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. And even like when I, the house that I'm in, like I knew it from the second we walked in, I was, this is our house. Like I just had a feeling and I've been told by two different you know, mediums that we have kind of like a divine angelic energy in our backyard. And I need to go Mm -hmm. out and explore it more. I heard like different temperature changes and stuff, but the house numbers on my house are the same 
three numbers that were I lived in before in an apartment for seven years. And when you add those three numbers up, it's my favorite number. So it's like things like that. You know, it's just interesting. What's your favorite number? Eight. The infinity. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Mine so, is a five. My house is a, comes up to a five. Yeah. So my favorite cool? number is a five. Yep. And when we came to this area, there was nothing built. Mm-hmm. It was just lots and lots, you know, just land basically. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I like it. Okay. Let's see what we can build here. We came back. There was a road, but no name on the road. And we came back again. And then they showed the type of houses we could build in this area, you know, and a lot of potential to do a lot of, um, let's say, personalized mm-hmm. stuff. And then I'm like, okay, so I like this and I like that. What's the name of the, the street? Patsy Pence. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there we go. This is and it. And the numbers added to five. Yeah. And- Okay. And it's been a whirlwind over here. This house for me is my sanctuary. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it just really feels good. It's really, it's my safe haven. Mm-hmm. Like my bedroom for me, that's nobody. It's like closed doors. It's just for me only. Mm-hmm. That's where I sleep. That's where I meditate. That's where I'm I'm just there with myself and my higher self. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. That's so great. Wow. And I want to invite your audience to really get to see their spaces mm-hmm. because everything's telling a story because everything that you have around you is telling your story mm-hmm. and places that you need to pay attention to, mm-hmm. especially the ones that you've neglected, especially the ones that are collecting dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Another good tip is what is it that you have in your attic? Because right now we're in the, we're in the tax season. Mm-hmm. So a great tip that I want to share with you is what do you have in your attic? And if you have taxes, paperwork, like I know many people do, take them out because mm. that causes more anxiety and stress mm. on us on a psychic level. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. So bring it to your office, bring in the place, you know, if it's wood, if you have a wood desk or cabinet put it in there Mm -hmm. because it's paper right comes from wood that's interesting Mm, good tip and the other tip is what are you reading what are you taking to bed right what is who you're taking to bed tonight Mm -hmm. and if you think about it what are you reading so are you reading drama and thrillers and you know crazy things like that i would say read those somewhere else Mm you know, your, your reading time for your bedroom should be fulfilling and soothing and inviting and inspirational and motivational. Uh, uh, I already know what my habit is the Instagram before bed, which I know that's bad on many levels because it's like my only time that I actually get downtime. And I know that's bad because one, the blue light and then two, that's not <laughs> the most calming content before bed. So that could be another thing I need to move out for my sleep. Right. <laughs> But it's a little, it's a conscious choice. I know. You may want to just maybe not sit on your bed. Right. Uh, maybe a chair. Maybe look at it out floor. in the living room. And then when I go into the bedroom, the phone's off. Yes. Yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I leave it in the bed. I leave it in the bathroom. Yeah. I always I put it on airplane there. mode. I do do that. If anyone doesn't do that, that's a quick way to just eliminate that. The Wi-Fi right next to your head. You know, if you have it on your yes. nightstand, I do wifi, uh, airplane mode every night, but 
the selenite or black tourmalines mm-hmm. are really good okay. stones to work with. To put them next to your for sleeping. phone. Yeah. Oh, for the phone. Okay. For the yeah, electromagnetic fields. Okay. It actually takes takes that away. Okay. So you don't get the hit. That's funny because I actually had a gal um on here. It hasn't gone live yet. Well, whenever you guys see this, if you if you see this episode, it's with Ash Marsh. Odell and she's a medium and um, clairvoyant, but she told me to put a moss agate in the four corners of my room for sleeping. So I did do that and I actually couldn't put them in the corners because they're choking hazard for my daughter. So she said, just put them in the four corners of your mattress. So those are underneath my mattress for, for the, they're kind of a gentle, like emitting Mm -hmm. energy. So, I mean, there's a lot of like little things that you can do. Crystals are a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. But the mirror, I'm removing the mirror. If anybody else has a mirror and you're not sleeping well and it's facing your bed, it's got to go. <laughs> Chug it out. Okay. All right. And the clutter part also, whatever it is that you can do to declutter your life. Yeah. And that's not just with the tangible items. Sure. It's also looking at your computer. What is it yeah. that you're holding into? You know, I had my, one of those Gmail accounts that I use for whatever it is like thousands of them. I just went delete yep. or people that have like a thousand files on their desktop. It's like, just kind of clean it out. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's anything. It's just constant. We're so sensitive. Mm. If you know, I don't know if you noticed, but people are a little more sensitive now. Yeah. I've noticed <laughs> yeah. everyone. So noticed. anything that's causing that, I would say just uh, eliminate, I would say, take a timeout, yeah. take a timeout. Yeah. We're so we're being pulled from so many directions mm. and right now that we're feeling a sense of, okay, we can get out now. Like the COVID is sort of subsiding. So people are doing more things out there and it's like, we got to catch up with time. Yeah. My husband got COVID last uh, August and for him, he's such an ener- energetic person. He's like always on the move, always doing something very physical, very mental. When he was in quarantine, uh, Lauren, it was, hell mm-hmm. he came out roaring like a tiger yeah. like what is going on here what it's like I, i've lost so much time yeah i i gotta do so much and i'm like it's actually what was it it's labor day weekend nobody's going out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it was that like but it just, forced him to prop you know he, that forced him to just be but he couldn't. Yeah. He he couldn't. Oh. He would. And that's a lot of people cannot slow down. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You feel like you're missing out. And that's something that, you know, honestly, I always say, maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I'm understanding my body is moving at different at a different pace. I intend to be a lot more energized in the morning, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a morning person. But I notice that the phases that I'm going through and just kind of like really utilizing that time being more, if I'm efficient in the morning, I'll do the most important tasks in the morning and then take it as we go. Just really listening to, to your rhythm. Right. We'll, we'll want to also eat seasonal fruits because that's what's in season wherever you live. And that's a nice way to connect with nature and be in harmony with nature. Yeah. I've heard that too. Mm -hmm. My goodness, so many good tips. Well, this is this episode is dedicated to 
balance, inner balance for ourselves and the collective because we need it. (laughs) So thank you for bringing forth this conversation because uh, we all need it so much right now, more than ever it feels like. So I'm really appreciative that that was the theme of the conversation. And, And thank you for all the work that you do to help people find that balance. And I'm glad you found balance. Thank you. It's, it's a wonderful journey. Honestly, I, I love what I do. I like bring, making people feel or helping, I should say, helping, reminding people that they come first, that they're special, that they're loved and supported. Yeah. That's a very beautiful message. Wow. Well, thank you. This is great. I learned some really cool things. Um, so if people want to find you online, where can they find you? They can find me at zenotica.com, Z-E-N-O-T-I-C-A.com. We're also, you also had Adora on your, yeah. on your beautiful podcast. And we're actually having a retreat in October. So you can also find it on Zenotica slash retreats and it's about combining bringing people together for improving our lives practical methods that you can take home in order to you for you to live better thrive and live in harmony with yourself that's very cool importantly yes nice all right wow well thank you so much (laughs) this was wonderful lauren it just felt like it just it flowed. flowed. Yes. Yeah, so that was the theme. Well, and I got to think about the hep C thing. I'm glad it's recorded because I would like to listen to that. It's yeah. every single time I, that story never comes the same. It's always something different yeah. that, that comes through. So it's very interesting about that. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible story that you went through so much, but you were able to come out very strong and wow. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, thanks yeah, for well, the tips on the bedroom. I need. I was going to ask you. I'm like, I, I really haven't been sleeping well, and I know a lot of people haven't. I think there's multiple things. I think partly, partly is probably just something with me, some of the energy in the room, maybe, and then also I think collectively, like I talked to a lot of people that have been struggling with sleep. Maybe the five G is not helping, but mm. I'm trying to make some changes. We had the router like underneath me. It was in my husband's office. And I was like, that has got to go because that's coming directly up to me. So we moved into the opposite mm-hmm. side of the house. So that's good. I think maybe I'll try your cell phone tip. I'm going to move the mirror. I've got my little agate stones. I don't know. I just, ever since I've had like my baby and then I had COVID and I've heard some people have had some insomnia after COVID. That's one of the long mm-hmm. COVID symptoms. So I think there's like so oh, much wow. going on, but I think I need to like meditate more and see what's going on. Yeah. Connect with self. The yeah. answers come through. Yeah. And so having this around during that time where you can use for yourself right before going to bed. That's where you get those or early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you get your insights. Yep. I know. Yeah. Such a distraction. (laughs) What would be kind of fun is if I did like a Instagram story or something along with that, right? Like to, Mm -hmm. cause you know, that'd be fun to just like kind of um, promote. Like I like to do that sometimes where like I'll have, the episode and like, um, you know, Adora, like I bought some of her oils and then I'll like show mm. that later on my um, oh, nice. Instagram and like remind people about the episode. So it'd be fun to like correlate it, but yeah, that'd be great. If you, you know, have time, like, if you, oh, like this is what I learned right from, 
Patsy and these are some things that I'm doing in my home. And, you know, that could be kind mm-hmm. of a fun thing, but. I love that. Okay. Well, that was my gift to you. I'm oh happy my to gosh, do that. Especially so when, they're, when they're children, when it comes to family, it's, it's yeah. part of my core mission, honestly. Okay. okay, cool. That's really great. Thank you. You're very wow. welcome. Okay. We'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah, so Thank nice you to meet so you. Much. Have a great day. And yeah, we'll be in touch for sure. <laughs>